Welcome to Hebrews Faith, a podcast focusing on biblical views for being a Christian. My name is Eric Hansen, founder of Hebrews Ministries. If you haven't yet subscribed to Hebrews Faith, to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Today we're going to talk with Pastor Mark Phillips from Olive Branch Church in Sugar Ridge from Rockford, Ohio, to talk about the transition that's been going on to and from the COVID experience. I also want to thank Pastor Mark for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk with me and the listeners to better understand the impact that this has both on a ministry and church level. But before we get into the interview, I'd like to offer a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to speak with Pastor Mark Phillips and what he has to say about the experiences he's gone through. I ask that the message delivered and the words that I carried through Mark from you are heard by those that need to hear it and also those that can share it to those that may need to hear it as well. I ask that you lift up everyone that is currently going through troubles and just finding hardships right now through this experience and hopefully they can find some peace and serenity in what Mark has to share with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're the senior pastor at Olive Branch Church in Sugar Ridge, correct? That is correct. I am. And how long have you been the senior pastor at those churches? I have been the pastor of the Sugar Ridge and Olive Branch Church since August 6th of 2018. Okay. And if I remember correctly, you came from uh, Boiling Springs, correct? Correct. I came from the Boiling Springs Church of God in Decatur, Illinois. And you were there for at least a good few years. I was there for five years, yes. And you started out at the worship team. I did. I started out as a uh, praise band member, if you will, or a a member of the worship team Mm -hmm. um, at the Lodge Church of God in Monticello, Illinois. So if you don't mind, can you walk the listeners through a little bit on uh, how you became into your faith? How I came into faith? Um, Well, I believe that I actually... um, called into faith as a, as a child, um, my 12, 13, 14 year old years, um, walking home from middle school, there was a United Methodist church that had a big gymnasium where the youth leader there would have the doors open after school for us to be able to go in and play, uh, basketball and, and other games that were there available. Um, and through that, um, that youth leader built a relationship with me and, and others and brought us into uh, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so uh, by the, at the age of 14, I was confirmed into the Methodist church and uh, became pretty active in the church, was a, uh, a leader amongst the youth, uh, kind of a uh, person that would um, that some of the other youth would come to just to kind of to talk to and, and kind of a mentor-mentee type relationship, if you will. Um, and that lasted throughout the uh, most of high school and out of high school, I joined the army. Um, and as some people do, um, you know, as we continue to, to leave the home and, and grow, uh, we might leave the faith. We might question things. And, and so, uh, that happened to me. Um, I fell away, if you will, for, for quite a while and, uh, kind of went back and forth, had a relationship with God the entire time. Um, I just didn't know it. Um, and I didn't really always acknowledge it. Um, 
around 2008, I finally answered the call that God had placed on my life to enter in the ministry. And that was something that um, was very, uh, it was really a defining moment in my life. Um, as my family and I uh, really began to worship together, uh, to grow in the knowledge of God together, and to, uh, to really pursue uh, what he had for us in our life. Um, I, I went all in for God in 2012, mm -hmm. um, leaving uh, the corporate world and uh, uh, a career in telecommunications for ministry. Um, quit my job, if you will, and, and really just dove in. And uh, uh, God is my safety net. Um, was really, you know, what what we had. Um, Sarah and I, my wife, um, lived by the, uh, the the scripture where God where God guides, He provides, and uh, that was something that we continue to is something that we continue to hold on to today. He will always provide for us, and He has always provided for us. Um, after I left my job, um, there was a, an opportunity to. Uh, fill the pulpit at Boiling Springs Church of God in, in Decatur, Illinois, and um, and so I uh, prayerfully considered doing that, and I did that a few times, and, and after doing that for a while, um, we started that, I believe, in March of 2013, um, and so by May of 2013, they had asked if I would consider being their pastor, and uh, Sarah and I, once again, uh, prayerfully considered this, and uh, we we decided that yes, um, this was definitely what God was calling us to do, um, and so that's that's where it all began, so to speak. Uh, at least that's where the uh, the ministry, official ministry, uh, began it was uh, in 2013 in Decatur, Illinois. Hmm. And can you give a at least a little bit of a walkthrough between the transition from Spoiler Brings over to Olive Branch and Sugar Ridge? I'm sorry, was there a transition? Is that what you're asking? Or? Uh, can you walk the listeners through a little bit of what that transition was like between moving from Boiling Springs over well, to... Um, yeah, while we were at Boiling Springs, um, there was a, there was definitely a restorative ministry that was needed to be done there. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, sometimes, you know, people are asking, you know, why is it that pastors only stay a certain period of time? Or why does it feel like pastors are, um, you know, not as... Uh, long-standing in positions at churches for, you know, uh, and, and I believe that God calls us to certain areas for particular purposes. Um, and I believe that our purpose at Boiling Springs was to help to restore a sense of family, to, to rebuild um, uh, a level of love for one another and for God. Um, and after about five years, that, that really um, was shining through, and, and it was time at that point um, to, to move on to the next chapter in our life and uh, so as we prayerfully considered where to go um, the opportunity again was just placed in front of us um, for uh, a pastorate here in, in northwest Ohio um, which involved two churches which I, I kind of uh, I don't know it made me a little bit unsettled because that's a lot of a lot of responsibility um, but at the same time um, when God trusts you with little and you're faithful with little, then he'll give you much. Um, so we uh, prayerfully considered this opportunity. Uh, we had interviews and uh, trial sermons, so to speak, um, 
and then a vote was taken, which affirmed our call to Northwest Ohio, and we transitioned from uh, Decatur, Illinois, here to Northwest Ohio, and we've been here since, uh, like I said, 2018, um, and uh, we're, we're just navigating these waters and uh, trying to uh, to follow the will of God and His calling on our life as we guide and lead the congregations of Sugar Ridge and Olive Branch. Thank you. So since you are a pastor of the of two different churches, how since this interview is revolving around the COVID nineteen situation, how were you able to monitor the situation and kind of discern what to do for both churches? Well, um, each church does definitely have unique needs. Um, not everyone has access to the internet, so as we went online with Facebook, um, not everybody was even able to to view those messages. Um, they don't have internet access, so they don't have uh, the ability to uh, to get online uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, through smartphones or whatever the case might be. Um, and so um, we had some discussions about what type of te- what type of technology to use, uh-huh. uh, and that led us to use uh, Zoom for video and audio conferencing purposes as well. So uh, those that did have internet and wanted to be able to, to video in, they could do so. Um, those that didn't have internet. Um, Zoom actually has an option to be able to dial in. And so um, people have dialed into our services to listen to the message, to participate and in, in, uh, sing along with our worship time, our, our, our worship music. Um, it's all worship time. And so I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my words. Um, but also uh, that, that opened up the door for others who may not be comfortable to set foot inside of a building. Um, which I, I know there are some in, in both communities. Um, so using the technology that we have in place uh, was, was definitely a way that we were able to monitor the situation, um, trying to keep in touch with um, as many folks as possible, of course, you know, with the stay-at-home orders and um, this, this uh, I don't know if I want to call it level of fear, but a level of, of anxiety, a level of you know, not knowing that the, the unknown is always the most difficult part. Yeah. Um, but being able to have conversations with folks, engaging their uh, their level of, of fear or level of discomfort, um, uh, was really you know what caused us to act in the ways that we acted, um, closing the doors to the churches, um, and having a, a Facebook Live service and using Zoom to allow for folks to be able to dial in and those sorts of things. Um, came with much prayer and conversation with our leadership teams at both, both locations. And actually, speaking of Zoom, I know a lot of churches moved over to that platform when the shelter in place and such became a thing. Um, from your standpoint, have you found it to be a valuable too, or do you think it's been more of a issue or hindrance? I think it's a valuable tool in that we're able to see each other's faces. I think that that's, uh, that's something that has been missing in, uh, uh Facebook live is a one way, um, uh, interaction. Um, yeah, you can have people who will post things on the video, but as I'm recording the video, I'm not watching the screen to be able to respond to questions that might be asked or comments that might be posted. And so, um, it's difficult to have one way conversations. Whereas with zoom, you have the opportunity to have two-way conversations, and, and we use Zoom a lot, as you know, for uh, for the for Bible study and things like that right now. Um, for those who still aren't comfortable gathering back together, 
Um, we, we have opened up our doors uh, for both Bible study and for worship services, but um, but there are some who still uh, have that level of, uh, of discomfort about gathering together. And so we, we still employ Zoom to uh, to have that face-to-face, to, to have that personal connection where you can really have a conversation with someone and see uh, see their face, see their expressions, um, gauge their body language, and, and know uh, what they're saying and, and really being able to feel what they're saying as well. I know we've talked in the past quite a few times about how things are right now. Um, I do enjoy, really, with the Zoom aspect, being able to not only see what's going on around you, but also other people as well, because, like you said, with Facebook, it's a one-way street. You don't really have that real interaction, and at least Zoom gives you sort of a comfort level that there are other people around you, not just names. I know, especially for Olive Branch, they've been doing, you've been doing the Facebook Live on there for at least a year. I know it's been quite a while, so even before COVID was a thing. Yeah, we've been using social media um, to post messages for quite some time. Um, I think the transition to to this during COVID was uh, a little more simple because of the experience with using it. Um, And I truly feel that God always prepares us ahead of time for for change, we just have to recognize it and embrace it instead of fighting against it. Mm-hmm. Um, introducing Zoom was was uh, was a, an addition, um, something that we didn't have before, um, and so there there were still some unique challenges and some some different things going on, uh, even though we had already been using Facebook Live, and, and some of that was because of our uh, snowbirds who went down to Florida who still wanted to be able to kind of keep in contact with our. Uh, with our body, uh, right. with our family of believers, and so, um, so yeah, that that uh, I, I even used Facebook in uh, Indicator, Illinois. It was we would record the message and then just post it later, um, versus going Facebook Live. But I think that you know being able to go live is is something that offers opportunities for those who um, want to worship or at least want to uh, are seeking you know what uh, God might have to say. In, in life, but not really comfortable with entering into a building of worship uh, with other people. And, and so I think that this could be a, a step um, for people to take who are seeking to determine, you know, is this a place for me to come and worship or is this uh, not a place for me to come and worship? Or am I am I comfortable enough with my relationship with God to actually take that next step and, and enter into the buildings with other believers? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, now, since you did start into introducing Zoom into how you did their services, you is there any issues that you ran into between uh, Facebook Live and Zoom during the whole process? Yeah, I think the only issue, if, if there was, you know, if you want to call it an issue, was just ensuring that uh, we had the bandwidth available. Um, living out in the country, using uh, line of sight internet. And, uh, and those sorts of things can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, making sure that we have enough bandwidth. In, in Zoom, um, there is a uh, there's a free version um, that only allows a certain number of people and also um, a certain amount of time. Um, and so, we wanted to ensure that we had the capacity to host as many people that would come on and and not be limited on time. So, we did actually purchase the premium version. So that we could um, host up to 100 people uh, for 24 hours, if, if that's you know what we ended up doing. 
Um, not that we would have a 24-hour worship service, but you never know. Um, so that, that flexibility was definitely there um, once we began to uh, do the paid service versus the free. There was also a little bit of an adjustment to as far as the time of the service. Yeah. Um, we, we have, uh, with two churches right now, we have a 9 o'clock worship service at Sugar Ridge and Convoy, and then a 1030 worship service at Olive Branch and Rockford. And so uh, it leaves about um, 25 to 30 minutes for me to transition from uh, from the Convoy area to the Rockford area, uh, which is plenty of time to get there. Um, but there are times when things kind of feel rushed as well. So, um, you know, just having that, having that, that time change and, and being able to, uh, to have worship time with both bodies of believers at the same time through social media. Um, it was kind of nice, um, but I definitely missed the interaction, the, the, the being able to see the physical faces and, um, and having the conversations with folks. Um, while we were, you know, while we were worshiping together. That actually brings up a good point too, because I know you are really big into the interaction, um, like being able to actually greet people face to face and such. Besides that, and also the internet matters that you were talking about with the line of sight and such. Um, were there any ups and downs during the about month or so that you were strictly online that you like to discuss? Well, I think if we want to talk about the ups, the biggest upside to being fully online was the fact that many other uh, body of believers were also online and some for the first time. And so that opened up the ability for me to be able to hear other services, to worship with my family in ways that weren't accessible before. Um, the, the family as a pastor, you know, of course, you know, when we have two, two worship services even, um, can be um, a little tedious at times. And so uh, there's a lot to do. Of, and sometimes you can get wrapped in wrap so much up into what it is that you need to do that you might lose some of that sense of worship time. And so uh, having other uh, other bodies worshiping online um, offered up an opportunity for us to be able to, uh, at, at our own convenience, be able to have worship time at home together um, and, and not feel like we have to put everything together to lead it, but also just be allowed to, uh, to have the spirit indwell us and, um, and be guided by that. Uh, through other people's services, so I think that was probably the biggest upside through this uh, through this time of the coronavirus and uh, the stay-at-home orders. And, and, and I believe that this is something that um, I know we personally want to continue to do for those who uh, have those sorts of challenges, but also for those who may not feel comfortable in language with students. Um, I'd say the biggest downside, and again, I, I, it really was the inability to interact with people. Um, it's hard to uh, to preach to a camera, if you will, um, okay. and not have some sort of feedback. And yes, my family was here in the living room, and, um, and I did get some feedback from them, um, and, and that's great. Um, but there's also you know, that, that energy that you can feel from the other folks in the congregation um, that may or may not um, agree with what's being said or um, may you know be inspired by what's being said. It's just... Um, being able to see the, excuse me, be able to see those light bulbs, um, and and maybe even questioning what's, you know, those are things that help uh, me when I am preparing messages in the future. Um, is this something that we need to discuss further? Is this not something we need to discuss further? Have we had enough of this? You know, that sort of thing. Um, and so that 
that was a, a little bit of a challenge um, with delivering messages. Yeah, definitely. And even with me doing youth group, we've been we were doing it through Instagram for a little while, and I could definitely attest to it being more of a virtual way, not really being able to have that interaction. Even seeing face to face, it can be difficult to gauge because there's like buffering and even just not real interaction, just staring at a wall, it feels like at times. So I definitely understand where you're coming from on that. <laughs> Out of all the things that you can control from what you went through over the whole COVID experience so far, what is one thing that you feel that you could change and also what's something that you feel that is fine just as is now? Well, um, I don't know that I would change anything except maybe the amount of fear that was spread. Um, we we don't we didn't close our doors out of fear, but out of love for those who would be impacted or could be impacted by this virus. And we we opened back up after having conversations with our leadership teams, and we left it um, kind of with that and that that we were going to record the services um, and leave the doors unlocked if people wanted to come in and worship with us. They were welcome to do so. If they wanted to, to wear a mask, then they were welcome to do that as well. I, I think that as far as change goes, I, I wouldn't change anything. I, I believe that this is this has helped us to. Mm-hmm. Uh, really reach into the lives of, of those who are stuck at home to, to kind of have a, a, a general, uh, not really a general feeling, but uh, more of a, a real feeling of what it feels like to just kind of be quarantined, if you will, in your home. Um, it gave me a whole new appreciation for those who are in nursing homes and don't get a lot of visitors. Um, as an extrovert, it, it's just, it's very difficult um, to be at home all the time. Uh, introverts are probably absolutely loving it. Um, and, and it really hasn't changed their life much at all. Um, but I think as far as, as far as changing things, I, I don't know that I, I would change anything. Um, I think that it helps us to have more conversations. Um, I think that it helped us to really evaluate the, the things that are important in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and to to really take some time uh, to focus on the things of God. Um, great pandemics or uh, times of trial and tribulation really have a lot of people turning to uh, to God's word to try to figure out you know what's going on. Is this this a sign of the end times? Um, those sorts of things. And so, if it means that people were in their Bible more, if it means that people were seeking God more. Um, then I absolutely believe that there's, that, that there's something that we should continue to foster and, and uh, grow through um, and definitely not a thing that we should change. Uh, the, the church has really been, in my opinion, over the last 30 years or so, really been complacent and more of a consumerist type of uh, setting. And so um, we've kind of gotten lazy, if you will, in, in reading our word and, and testing what was what's being said to be true. Uh, to ensure that we're not being led astray. Um, so I think that this this time was a time of us to refresh, a time for us to refresh and to uh, refocus our life and, and really challenge us with what are the most important things in life. And, and I think that if we boil those down, it's, it's all about relationships, relationships with God the Father and relationships with the family that he has surrounded us with and our friends as well. Um, you know, how do, how do we really impact each other's lives in positive ways? Uh, what was it that we missed the most? 
um, by being, for lack of a better word, stuck at home um, and not able to interact with our friends. And for those that are still at home, whether it's out of fear as it may be, anxiety, or just because they don't have a way to get to church or something, but yeah, they've taken this like, this opportunity to better explore the Bible and be able to have that relationship with God. With uh, doors opening and people regathering and such like that right now, how do you, are there any tips or suggestions that you can give to people that are still looking to continue building that faith, even though it seems people are starting to move away from, you know, just keeping things at home? I think when it comes to finding a deeper faith, I think that it's, um, it's my prayer for everyone um, to seek and form a deeper relationship with God, whether that be by staying at home and, and digging into the Word deeper, if that means watching uh, and listening uh, to preachers of different denominations to hear their different perspectives, if, if it means um, entering back into the church building or maybe perhaps entering the church building for the first time um, to be able to worship, then by all means, those are the things that, that I think that we should do. Um, the deeper relationship with God is, is what He desires. Mm-hmm. He wants us to continue to reach for Him and to learn more about Him and to give him praise and worship and, and glory that he, he so richly deserves. Um, I think that uh, if I had done more of that in my younger life, I, I wouldn't have missed out on as many blessings that I perhaps missed out on. Um, who doesn't want to be encouraged? Who, who, would, who would prefer to live a life of frustration and negativity, right? Yeah. Um, we should all seek a deeper relationship with him because that's what he desires from us, and, and we are truly blessed because of it. Um, it doesn't mean that life is all unicorns and rainbows, but, but there's definitely a refining that comes from going through the fires of life. That we're purified from our trials, um, especially when it's our master at the helm. So we, we should be seeking this space in all things. Um, that's what we were created to do. Oh, I definitely agree. And I think it's really important for people to, regardless of where they are, to also keep reading into the Bible and they have questions to not be afraid to ask whoever they feel comfortable speaking with and can trust with the information given. Yeah, I think that's the key. Is it's okay to have questions, and should we? Who do we ask those questions to, and how do we? How do we go about seeking answers to our questions? I think that um, God expects us expects us to have questions, mm-hmm. and we couldn't possibly know or understand everything that there is to know about Him or about our world and our finite minds, right? Because God is infinite. Um, his ways are well beyond our ways. Oh, yeah. um, so we, we definitely want to uh, to have those questions asked and answered. Um, and, and I'm not one to uh, pretend that I have all the answers. As you know, um, there there are times when I might say, I don't know. Let's look it up together. Let's try to figure out that, that answer together. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that's, that's what uh, God would want from us, is to work together to try to come to an understanding of, of what his word says and what his will is. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, if you don't mind, I have a two-part question for you next. Okay. Is first, um, what were your thoughts when COVID-19 really started to take shape in America, and especially in Ohio? 
I think my first thought uh, was that we needed to ensure that those who needed to be protected would be protected from this virus. Um, my wife is susceptible um, with having heart disease and asthma and diabetes and uh, those sorts of things. Um, there, there was definitely a fear, if you will, or uh, a concern, I guess, would probably be a better word. Because I, uh-huh. I don't want to say that we are fearful as much as we were just concerned that if this were to um, be caught here in our household, that it could really um bring a dramatic change to our life um yeah. up to the, the point of possibly losing um mom wife you know those sorts of things and so um i, I think that it was definitely something that we were aware of yeah. um i said before i, I was kind of reluctant to close our doors um but not because i didn't want to protect because it's very easy when we're out of the habit of doing something to not go back to it. Um, so if we um, if we lose something or we get out of the habit of doing something, um, it's just easy to continue on our path of, of not going back um, because we replace those things with other things, right? Um, but I also thought that this would be an amazing opportunity to continue to reach those who were and are lost. Uh, who are seeking a word from God by continuing to use social media as a device to share the weekly message, um, whether it be Zoom or Facebook Live or, or any other uh, platform. Um, I'm not adverse to using any of those platforms to uh, to further the gospel and to build His kingdom. And from that, how do you feel that God has prepared you for taking or going through these steps and guiding Jesse your sheep into a safe area? Um, I think that really we, we've been prepared, having a technology background um, in telecommunications, but, you know, maybe thinking about ways to uh, continue to reach out to people by using the technology um, was something that, that got prepared me or prepared in me ahead of time, um, not being adverse to using technology for the furthering of the kingdom. Um, I know that there are some who um, might think that the internet of the devil and we shouldn't put anything on there and we shouldn't be a part of it and, and all that, but uh, what can be used for evil can also be used for good. Um, and so I think that we need to uh, we need to combat the evil in this world with good. Um, that's, that's what uh, what we're, we're called to do. We're, we're not to combat evil with evil, but with good. And so if we can um, use the talents, the gifts that we have, um, one of the things that we were also able to do was to stream our, our live services on our web pages. Um, for those who didn't have social media but did have uh, the internet, um, which you know we were blessed with having a, a team of folks within our congregation that uh, have that ability, uh, with you being one of them, of course. And so, um, you know, it's just uh, it's amazing how God prepares the way and is not surprised by anything. He puts people exactly where they need to be when they need to be there for his will to be accomplished. All we need to do is seize the opportunity and, and recognize that he's calling us to do it and be faithful and obedient to do it. And obedience is a big keyword throughout a lot of this, too. <laughs> yes. So if you don't mind me asking a sort of personal question, do you have children? I do. I have eight children. If they were to bring a friend over and they were afraid of the virus. They came to you basically saying, Pastor Mark, I'm afraid to do pretty much anything because of the fear of uncertainty. As like you talked earlier on, 
what kind of uh, wisdom or guidance can you offer for anybody that's currently going through that? Because even with me, I've, I've talked to you and in the last episode, I even mentioned how I started to build up that fear and not really of concern, but just of everything. Yeah, I think that um, when we think about life, we have a sense of, of normalcy. Right? We, this is the way things were before this, this dramatic event happened. I, I just want things to return to normal. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I think that, first of all, uh, we need to recognize that normal is a washing machine cycle, and, and everybody has a different normal. Right? There's, there is no, uh, there's no set normal for all of us to adhere to. Right. Um, and so my kids have brought many non-believers to our home and, and we often talk about their relationship with Jesus. One question that I asked, uh, which I took from a leadership class that I attended a while back, uh, was on a scale of, uh, one to 10, where do you think your relationship with Jesus is? And depending on their number, and I've yet to receive an answer of 10, uh-huh. um, I asked what it would, what would it take for you to go to the next number, uh, higher? How can we move from a five to a six or from a one to a two, for example? Um, one of the things that Jesus did was he met people where they are. And so I, I try to also do that, to meet people where they are so that we can have conversations that uh, are specific to them. Um, so I, I guess I would just ask, you know, what is it that uh, that you're fearful of? What is it that, that um, uh, keeps you from feeling like you are uh, able to do the things that you've been able to do before. I, I, one of my favorite verses to use would be Romans 8.31, um, which is, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So if we are living in his will, um, there is no, uh, there, there's no power that could stop us uh, from achieving his will. Um so I, I think that you know we, we can't we can't force people to have a relationship with God. We can't force people to do things that they're not comfortable doing. But we can challenge people to uh, to maybe take that next step um, to to just a deeper thinking, uh, a way to just kind of reflect on where they are and how they can move forward. Um, I, I believe that that's something that uh, we continue to be challenged with. All of us as human beings continue to be challenged with all through life. And uh, that, that's part of the growth process is to take what's in front of us, um, evaluate it, and take a leap of faith to move forward, um, to know that, that God is with you. And because God is with you, the only way you'll fail is if you don't try. My wife and I, we when we have these type of things where we're afraid and such, we tend to find it therapeutic in a way to write down what's going on so that we can better understand why we're afraid of things and yeah. if things are rational or irrational and kind of move from there. Are there any yeah. other coping mechanisms that like maybe you and your wife or your kids to go through? Journaling is a wonderful way to, uh, to, to process feelings and, and to be able to look back on that and, and see where you've come from um, or how things have changed, whether they're uh, progressing or digressing, you know, whichever the case <laughs> may be. Um, so it, it's a wonderful thing. Journaling is, is a great tool. Um, using prayer, uh, of course, is, is a wonderful tool to use to uh, to be guided by the Spirit, to okay. seek God's will, um, to ensure that um, you're living in God's will. Those sorts of things, uh, I guess, would be an, another tool that, that uh, we use. Um, I think the main thing is just to uh, to know that God is the one that's in control. 
And because God is the one that's in control, um, we shouldn't have fear. Uh, we should be able to uh, continue to live our life uh, as long as we are living in his will. Um, scripture actually tells us that God works all things to the good of those who love him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we might face trials. We might face the tribulations. We may uh, have some things that cause us fear or bring about um, anxiety. Um, but knowing that God is the one that's in control is, is where we need, really need to be um, and allowing that to be the driver of our decisions versus fear, which is the tool of the devil. Yeah, I think an important thing to remember too is also even when Jesus was on the Mount of Olives where he was praying to God and said, take this cup from me if it be in your will, not mine. Yes. Yeah. It's always about the will of God and not about our own will. Because if it was about our own will, we'd all be happy all the time, wouldn't we? (laughs) Oh yeah, it'd be a bunch of happy people. No issues at all right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, one last question. Moving forward in ministry and even if you're even in your personal life, if you don't mind sharing, where do you see how we can move forward in a positive way? I think that we should take this time as followers of Jesus or as seekers of God mm-hmm. um, to really evaluate, you know, what's going on in our lives and, and to to not get back to quote unquote normal um, because that wasn't really working. The church has typically grown best under persecution. And so if we if we try to get back to what was normal or what we did before, then it would be very easy for us to get right back into that the, that, that state of complacency, that state of consumerism. I, I think that we need to continue to move forward in, in seeking the Word of God, seeking the will of God, and, and really truly knowing um, where we stand with Him. Um, I know that we're we're actually at our church starting our in our worship services starting to have a more interactive type uh, sermon time where um, I may ask some questions and expect some answers um, to to try to help to um, apply scripture to our life to apply these principles in ways that can be impactful um, and, and a little less consumeristic. Um, to get people thinking, to get people to to act and challenge those who um, are just kind of sitting on the fringes to make a decision, a, a true decision and a commitment to God. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> if you don't mind, would you close our close interview out in prayer? Sure. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share with Eric and others um, what's on my heart, what's on, uh, what's going on in, in the life of, of your church, of your body. Um, Lord, I just ask that you continue to guide us and direct us, help us to be the people that you've called us to be, um, to be bold and confident in sharing your, you and your love with others, but also to show compassion and to give love to those who truly uh, are hurting so that they might be able to be attracted by you um, so that they might um, uh, I know I've said this numerous times before but Lord I, I just I hope that we can make you famous in a way that other people want to get to know you so guide us and direct us in that 
help us to be the, the good stewards of what you give us um, and to be, again, the people that you called us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is there any closing words that you'd like to, like to share with the audience? Uh, I thank you all for your time and for listening uh, to some of my ramblings as well as uh, <laughs> uh, to just, uh, I, I, I pray that this, this time has been informative and uh, can help to direct folks to a, a closer walk with God. Thank you. And definitely, I really appreciate your time, Pastor Mark. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Yep. Peace and love, man. I want to thank you for listening to Hebrews Faith. And if you haven't yet, feel free to subscribe. A new episode comes out every other week, and our website, HebrewsMinistries.org, is always there for you to ask questions you may have. With that said, until the next episode, have a blessed season of growth.